Hello, welcome to the AC Visions Family Talk Podcast. I'm your host, AC. Here is where we discuss all things faith and family. I share real life stories of home life as a wife, a mother of five, home educator, and all the learning curves my family and I are journeying through. As you can imagine, we're in a busy season and I got a lot to share. The goal? Getting back to the basics of raising strong families. Let's talk about it. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode five entitled How They Are Wired. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how we as parents can sometimes deter our children away from how they are naturally gifted and wired to fit a mold of what we want for them. Our children are constantly communicating their likes and interests, but we as parents can sometimes get caught up in the day-to-day grind. We neglect to get in tune with how they are naturally wired and focus on nurturing the gifts God has already put in them. I want to talk about the importance of getting in tune with how our children are wired and more. But before we get into that segment of the podcast, let's get into some AC Pearls. First Peter 4, 7 through 11. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the multifaceted grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking actual words of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Chapter 4 begins with a reminder that we have been called to a specific purpose. We have an unknown amount of time on this side of eternity to honor God with our life, the life that he has given us. Because of sin, we are prone to live to fulfill the desires of our flesh and not for the will of God. But we can take comfort in knowing that Christ has suffered in the flesh and has provided us with an example of how to lay aside our flesh to live for the upward call of God. Okay, it begins with sound judgment, a sober spirit, and prayer. When my soon-to-be 20-year-old son, Micaiah, calls me to tell me about his day and some of the things that he's struggling with, I always ask him, have you talked with God about that? Did you lay your concerns at his feet and ask for clarity on the situation? I mean, I can listen and offer words of wisdom based on my own knowledge and experience all day long, but I also understand that God can be doing something completely different in his life that only God can provide clarity and answers to. Micaiah is my son and I love him very much, but ultimately he belongs to God. And that is where I point him to. I point him to God to see clarity and guidance for the life that was given to him. I didn't give Micaiah life. Yeah, I was the vessel that birthed him, (laughs) but God gave him the life. The air that he's breathing is not from me, it's from God. We contend with these things called our flesh daily because we tend 
to want to do things our way and not God's way. The Apostle Paul urges us above all to keep fervent in your prayer for one another because love covers a multitude of sin. He goes on to outline how we are all to serve one another without complaining. Oh my gosh. I don't even want, I can, I can talk a whole episode about complaining and I think I might the next episode. We'll see. When my son was younger, if he, if he complained about doing the dishes, I would give him additional tasks to give him something to complain about. You know how your parents used to say that? Like, if you keep crying, I'm gonna give you something to cry about. (laughs) So with Micaiah, if he was whining about doing the dishes after I had cooked, I'd say, all right, buddy, when you're done with them dishes, go ahead and knock out the laundry and then you'll have something more to complain about. And he quickly learned that number one, the amount of responsibilities that I gave him were never as much as what I could have added to his plate. (laughs) And then secondly, I, that, that complaining spirit is never helpful. I get it. Sometimes we vent. I'm all about venting and just releasing some of that toxic energy that we hold on to. But complaining, just to be complaining, come on now, come on. Yeah, we try to fight against that. It's just not helpful. God said we have all received special gifts and that we are all, we should all employ our gifts in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Tangibly, that means that if you have a gift of speaking, you can use your gift in a number of ways that honor God and serves others. Tell people what God has said in his word and revealed in your spirit through the different seasons of your life. When my husband goes to work, he'll get himself all pumped for his 12 hour shift. And he'll say in his like Spartan voice, I am energy. (laughs) I can't do it. It'll make my voice crack. When his coworkers are clocking in and out and he's still plugging away at work, just getting his work done, they'll ask him, where do you get your energy from? And he'll always quote Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through God who strengthens me. He does his work as unto the Lord. Here's a pearl to wrap up the segment. Psalm 139.13-14. through 14. For you created my innermost parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you because I am awesomely and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well. I mentioned in previous episodes how my family and I went on a Clark Family Homeschool adventure at the end of 2022. On our adventure, Hubby and I got to know our children in ways that we probably wouldn't have in our day-to-day just grind of home life. There's something about breaking up the monotony of routine to explore and discover that really layers the learning process. Not only did we have the opportunity to get to know them more, but we got to know a little bit about how they are wired and our role as their parents, their caretakers. Listen, if you want to find out more about a person, go for a drive (laughs) or a vacation with them. There is something about being isolated with a person away from their normal environment that is revealing. You get to know 
a little bit about them outside of their routine. When people are in their routine, they're, they're very consistent, I would say. When you step outside of your comfort zone and your routine, a different side of people come out. When you're stuck in a car with somebody for seven hours <laughs> and you don't have nothing but each other to talk to and connect with and share and open up, maybe a little frustrated, you get hungry, you get a little anxious because you're like, oh, I just want to get there. But you've got this seven hour drive ahead of you. All that just kind of reveals a different side of people that you're not going to get when they're in their comfort zone at home. So every now and then we as parents should make it a point to step step out, step back from the routine, the grind of life and connect with our children. I love hearing stories about how dads take their, their boys on camping trips. Our moms take their girls out to have a girl's day and just kind of get a coffee or a tea and just kind of just go hang out, just go have fun, get the nails done, whatever. I love those moments because again, you're stepping out of the routine and you're doing something that is relaxing and it kind of creates this opportunity for both parties to just open up. It gives us opportunity to talk to our children, listen intently, discuss particular quirks in their thinking and behavior, and simply get to know each other better. Afia was four years old when we visited Niagara Falls. She did not want to go down to the lower level of the falls because she didn't want to get water in her in her hair and she didn't want to get water in her face. I wanted to go down further to go get some good pictures. I mean, when's the next time we're going to visit Niagara Falls? You know, whoever gets the opportunity to visit Niagara Falls. So I want to get my picture. A homegirl was not having it. <laughs> Afia stomped her feet, folded her arms, and she just yelled, you don't love me. And I, it just shocked me. I looked back at her. I said, what? She says, you don't like me. And I was just like sitting there stunned. Like, okay, don't know where that came from. I still want my picture. And I'm just trying to process this, this, the situation, right? In my mind, I'm thinking what an odd thing for a four-year-old to say. The moment instantly took me back to my childhood and the instances where I thought my mother, quote unquote, didn't like me after forcing me to do something that made me nervous or scared. I remember processing feelings of total disregard for my well-being and frustrations of not being able to communicate what was making me anxious or fearful. A lot of times with parent-child relationships, there's this invisible barrier of how do I get through to my child or how do I get through to my parent? And Afia's outburst that day is a perfect example of the quirks hubby and I are intentional to follow up with. Not only do we follow up with I followed up with Afia that day and I sat her down in the grass area outside of the falls and just kind of had a conversation with her like, hey, honey, you you yelled and you said, you don't love me. You don't like me. Do you want to try to explain to mommy what that means? What do you mean? What did you mean by that? And she says, yeah. And, you know, she explains, you know, I didn't just simply put she didn't want to get wet. She doesn't want to get her hair wet. She doesn't like water splashing in her face. And she did not want to do that. 
And then, of course, I had to explain to her, it ain't all about you. (laughs) In four-year-old terms, of course, very gently. And then I explained to her, you know, reiterate the purpose of our homeschool adventure and why we're here and what we're doing. And I know sometimes, you know, you're not always going to like what we're doing. And Alexis and Autumn and Abigail may not like what we're doing, but guess what? We're all doing it together and we all have to, there has to be a give and take. And of course I said all this in four-year-old terms. Okay. And, but, and then I follow up with hubby afterwards hubby and I make sure he he and I have the conversations and we backtrack okay this is the situation that happened just in case the other parent wasn't there this is what happened with Afia this is what she said this is how I followed up with the conversation I talked with her and hubby and I just like to to study the psychology of what's what of our girls mannerisms and their behaviors and what comes out of their mouths We study our girls, we talk with them and in the best way possible, we like to conclude those types of discussions that we have with them in in the best way possible without leaving them hanging about what our intentions are as parents and what we think about a matter. We also discover things that they are discovering about themselves because remember they're children. They probably don't quite understand how they feel. And if they do understand how they feel, maybe they don't know how to are uh, to formulate and articulate their feelings. And so in the process of clarifying our intentions,